may be boring, but his guests aren't. It's Al's Boring Podcast. Oh, hi there. It's Al. Welcome to my podcast. And today's uh, guest is Kevin Clancy from Barstool Sports. I'm not even sure what your job title is. Like, what do I say you do there? I'm not even really sure either. There was one point, like a couple years ago, where my boss decided to try to start calling me the director of content. and that's, Oh, I like that. Yeah, I mean, it made me feel important. So yeah. let's roll with that. That kind of fell by the wayside, but I can, I can still... I would also go writer. Yeah, writer. I, I try to throw an editor of, of Barstool New York every now and then if I want to sound fancy. But really, at the end of the day, I'm just a blogger. A blogger. Now, but, and, a blogger and, I, and I throw a podcaster, a host, into the mix now, too. Blogger yeah. would have always had like a negative connotation to it for some reason. Still does, I think. I think we're coming around, but I yeah. think for the most part, people still think of bloggers as like the loser in his mom's basement or, right. or like the the foodie who has his own personal blog, that like a diary almost, right. you know what I mean? And now it's more just like you write for a website that people want to read and consume. But So you work there at Barstool Sports. Now, how do you get a job like that? That seems like a cool job. Um, it, it's it's hard. to. We have had trouble finding the right people, and it kind of fell into my lap. So it's not really like an exact science. We are a very uh, unofficial, unprofessional operation. It's really just kind of just see what works like go by the wayside trial and error you know see what happens so so when you were you're in you're going to college did you want to be a writer no no well no i here's the thing i i went to fordham i i worked at wfuv for a while and uh i thought i wanted to go down that road always thought i wanted to be like a sports center anchor or you know like a like a sports analyst of some sort i was a beat reporter for a summer with the Brooklyn Cyclones doing, like, minor league baseball. And uh, I got sent down to Met Spring Training. That was, like, my big, like, kind of call-up, you know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, first of all, you know, Port St. Lucie is just the worst place on, on God's green It's like a small town. It's terrible. It's just awful. It's like a big parking lot and then a baseball field. Uh, and I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm a huge Mets fan, and I didn't like c- covering the team that I root for. I remember I, I uh, tried to interview Piazza. It was his last year there, and he just kind of shut me down, just kind of like shit all over me. I asked like a pretty stupid rookie question, but he really he could have let me go on it and just didn't. And I remember being like, ah, that kind of sucks because like Piazza was like you know my favorite player, he's right. my hero. And now you know I didn't take it too personal, but I was definitely like, ah, this kind of sucks. Where I'm blending you know business and and uh, and and fun. So I I kind of bailed on that whole idea of doing sports for a living. That was when you were in college. You did yeah, that. yeah. Um, Started. I just kind of fell into like the whole trying to go the finance route with a bunch of my buddies because they all are like like a real job. Yeah, and uh, I followed that. F- became an accountant for uh, Deloitte, which I had absolutely no interest in doing. But it was like whatever. What else am I gonna do? Pays good benefits. I'll take it. And um, I don't know. Two years into that, I was so miserable. It was terrible. I sucked at it. And it was just so boring, so I decided I wanted to just, like, have, like, a creative outlet, kind of. I had been reading Barstool Sports as, as a fan. At this point, it was just one website up in Boston. It wasn't even called, you know, Boston Barstool. It was just and what, and what other blogs were out there at the time when you're reading that in your uh, cubicle um, job? I read, uh, like, a Hollywood actor, actor kind of gossip uh, site called What Would Tyler Durden Do? I read, uh, there was a Wall Street blog called Take a Report. Did you ever hear of that? No. It was awesome. It was just written by this fat guy named Large. He called himself Large. He was just a trader on, on Wall Street and just wrote the funniest, funniest stuff. Love that. Uh, that's that's since gone. Um, 
what else did I read? There was a couple. Uh, was Deadspin out back then? Yeah, no, Deadspin was around. I don't. I still don't really read Deadspin. It's just it, they they're they're t- too much like trying to be the news for me. Like they they they, they kind of they're in like no man's land to me. They're not really that funny. They're not like I don't really value like their sports analysis the way I would like an, a real sports analyst. They're just kind of in between to me. But they were around, you know, peeking on them every now and then. There was a couple other. Um, you know, no name sort of thing. At that point, there really wasn't many big ones. Now it's like they're all over the place and everyone's growing. But um, yeah, so I was reading those and I kind of started my own just to, you know, get like a creative outlet. Like I said, I called it for sure not.com. Just kind of a stupid phrase that me and my buddies always said. Instead of no, we just said for sure not. And then the how would people find this? That's what I always wonder about yeah. people blogging and things like how, how, like a lot of people have blogs, a lot of people have podcasts. Without a platform to promote them, how are people finding them? I don't know how it started. I, I, I passed it around to a few of my friends. I wrote it kind of similar to Barstool, same sort of ideas, a couple extra of my own little like elements worked in. And I just started circulating it to my buddies, just like, hey, check this out. Again, I was just doing it for myself. I never expected anything to come of it. And I think it was just like friends of friends, friends of friends, friends of friends, word of mouth. It never got to the point where I could be, you know, I couldn't, it couldn't be my living or career. I couldn't make, I think I did like Google ads on it. I made like, like 40 bucks in a year or something like that, you know, but I got lucky and right as it kind of, you know, kind of picked up steam with, with a few hundred people, like a thousand people. uh, My boss Portnoy put up a blog saying, I want to expand into new cities I want to start in New York. Send me a sample if you got it. So Portnoy, he runs uh, Barstool Sports at the time, was just in Boston. Yes, just in Boston. It was probably around for, like, it started out there as one of those free newspapers that you hand out at the subway. That probably started, like, early 2000s. It was probably a blog by, like, mid-2000s. And now we're talking, like, 2008, 2009 is when he started the search. I really didn't think anything of it because, I, like I said, I had a good job, paid well, I kind of made it through all the layoffs of, like, that recession and everything. I was like, you know, I need to be messing around with this. Let me just stay put. And um, he, he, I guess, you know, I, I reached out to him, and I was like, check this out. And he was like, I've already been sent this. Um, like, I've been keeping an eye on you. I like it. You know, he kind of narrowed it down, and eventually I landed it. The funny thing was that I was doing it while I was still an accountant. And that's where, that's where things really got interesting because nobody – as uh, nobody at my office knew that I had this blog, and nobody who read the blog knew that I had this office job. And this is when you had already started a barstool, or this, this was the previous. Both, both both blogs I did while I was accounting. I, I really mailed it in as uh, at my office job. I really, uh, it was like a fifty fifty thing. I was lucky because it was a job where they gave you all your work like ahead of time, and if you got it done, you got it done. They didn't bother you, so I just kind of spent it on the side. Doing so you're writing thing. you're writing uh, blogs for Barstool. Yeah. At that point, uh, the Boston one, or he he started this so, one in New York? So he started the one in New York. He actually, uh, it worked out perfect for me because he said, I've narrowed it down to you and another guy. I can't pick between the two of you. Do you want to split the job, split the writing, split the money, and you can keep your old job, which was perfect for me because I didn't have to worry about leaving the money, leaving the benefits, going with this. I mean, like I said, now blogs are, you know, a, a reasonably safe job. At that time, it was like, you, you got to be crazy to try to make this your career. So it was perfect. Got a little extra money, could blog on the side, get my name out there, start to build it. And then I was thinking, you know, hopefully eventually one day I can do it full time. But, you know, Barstool, you read it. It's, you know, a little irreverent, pretty vulgar, push the envelope. So I really had to keep things like under wrap at work. And uh, it was just like this double life I was leading at one point. Like everyone jokes that it was like Heisenberg and Walter White, where it was like, 
day to day, I'm sitting there like a nerd on the computers doing my accounting work. And then at, this, at the same time, I'm kind of growing this little like smut blog on the side. Um, and how so, popular was, was Barstool, the New York version at that time? Uh, at that point, Barstool had already, I mean, it was big in Boston. And since we were the first expansion, it was like everyone who read is going to give New York a shot. And uh, so, it, you know, obviously we've grown a lot in, you know, that's six, seven years since then, five, six years. But um, at that point, it was, you know, still a couple million people probably reading. Um, and you start doing that full time then? So I did, I, I did both for like a, two years, maybe. Where, which was crazy. I can't believe I got away with it that long. I mean, it was, it, they, they blocked Barstool. The first week I started, I was like, all right, here we go. I'm going to have to like juggle both these. Let's see what happens. And I get blocked within like two days. Right. And I was like, well, that's it. <laughs> that lasted, you know, 25 seconds. Luckily, the dude who I split it with was a pretty good guy because he could have just been like, yeah, you're out. You know, like, let me, give, me, give me your salary and I could do it all on my own. He was like, if you email me your stuff on Gmail, I'll like cut and paste it into the blog. So the only reason I have a career now is because of him willing to uh, to do both for for me. So, but I just I mean I I watched all the other people I work with read every other blog, and just by the grace of God, Barstool had gotten blocked, so they never really read that, never really put two and two together, and uh, eventually it got to the point where a Barstool grew big enough that I was pretty comfortable, you know, making it my full time career. B I had gotten so bad and so lazy at work that I was really becoming a detriment. They they basically, I mean, they fired me. They they fired me from that job. I I was just okay with that happening because I knew I had Barstool waiting. So I kind of, it was like a very Costanza moment where I was like, I dug my heels in and I was like, I'm staying until you fire me. Like, I want the severance. I want to get some the, the benefits coverage. So they were like, you know, you can leave whenever you want. And I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to try to stick it out here. And, you know, it was like months long process before they finally were like, all right, you're out of here. And then I started full time. And you say at the time you didn't have to take a pay cut. I always thought these blogs don't make any money. No, I I did have to take a pay cut when I when I first started. Well, I definitely had to take a pay cut because I was getting both. I was getting a little little double salary action. They uh, the notion that these blogs don't make money is probably correct for a lot of them. But you know we're at the point where we we were one of the, well I, I shouldn't say we because I wasn't really involved in the very beginning. But Portnoy made this blog when it was. You know, there really, really weren't many others out there. You know, I think Simmons was still doing the Sports Guy blog. He wasn't even at ESPN yet. Deadspin was around, but nothing, you know, substantial yet. I I don't even know what else was around in the early, mid-2000s. So we he, we was ahead of the curve. So, you know, the fact that we're making money now is, is because of that. But I don't know. I, I think the perception of blogs is still like, like you said in the beginning, the, the bloggers are losers and they're poor and they make no money and you know well, it, especially i think it, uh, depending on where you are in the age range of things you know like i think younger people are more into blogs but people oh, who sure. who grew up with the traditional broadcast mediums and print and all that stuff will always look at blogs as like uh not not real news source i know when we when we first got to fan in 2007 um I think Deadspin had a story about A-Rod and A-Rod's wife. I think it was, it was mm -hmm. A-Rod was getting a divorce. And, uh, you know, we uh, Craig and I had would read Deadspin all the time. And uh, Craig went on the air with it and was like, A-Rod's getting a divorce and all, and all sort of thing. And I remember at the time management coming to us and going, where did you get this? Mm -hmm. And and at the time, Deadspin was not, a. they would say, well, that's not a source. 
And then, you know, 24 hours later, it was Everyone on the front it. of the newspaper, right. the New York Times, uh, you know, or New York Daily News Post, that sort of thing. And that was like when it was like, okay, you know, we, these are, these are real stories that they're getting from readers and, or going out and getting themselves or getting from the athletes themselves. It's a dicey territory because, uh, I mean, anytime there's like a, a free agent that's about to sign or a trade that's about to go down, we get a million emails. My cousin's brother's friend right. works at TSA at the airport and says, you know, Michael Vick just walked through. He's at Logan Airport. And we run with it. And, you know, obviously it's all bullshit. And it's like, well, now we look like idiots. But that being said, there's a lot of times where those those tips do pan out. And this day and age being, you know, the first one to go up with it is is huge. So it, it's it's a fine line because I hate when we get it wrong or when other blogs get it wrong. And then those dinosaurs at the newspaper are like, see, I told you, this is not a reliable source of information. It's like, all right, yeah, you're right. I, I guess this time, you know, you got us. But I, I would rather, you know, try to be ahead of everything than have my head in the sand and, and, and be late on it all, you know? And what are what are the big blogs today that you that you are respectful of? Like, I think these are great blogs. <laughs> not many, man. <laughs> we're, we're a very... Uh, we 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 battle a lot. We don't get a lot of respect from other blogs, so I, I tend not to give it out too much. Um, so if I go if I go out on the street and I say to people in their in their uh, late twenties, early thirties, what are the big blogs that big sports blogs that people read? Uh, definitely Deadspin for sure. Barstool, um, you know, Bro Bible had had a little bit of a pop when they first came out. I think they kind of have sold out since, and their their content is not really what it used to be but you know that it definitely had a big college presence big like lax bro presence so so people will throw that out there um there's the uprox network have you ever heard of that oh yeah, yeah. with leather they yeah I, with, I with like leather, that actually that was the one i was trying to think of yeah. way back i was reading that before i even blogged yes. that was around for a while now they have uh warming glow for tv they have uh, film drunk for movies so they got a little bit of everything i like that stuff awful announcing i like awful announcing is good i mean i i'm into the whole like uh media radio TV personality scene. Just I guess maybe because when I was at Fordham doing the radio, I kind of took notice of all that stuff. So I love seeing those guys bust balls in, in that realm. Um, but that you know that's more of like a niche. They obviously have a specific thing. Fire Joe Morgan when that was around, that was a great one. But uh, at the, I mean to be honest, we're we put out so much now. I don't really sit around like reading other. But you're the you're the, are you the only guy writing for the New York version of Barstool? For the most part, we have. So where are you getting all this? stuff that you were writing all day long i got i have like a a whole list of bookmarked websites that i'll i'll pop up i mean for me luckily first thing i do is open the new york post because that's i mean that's gold that's a gold mine right, right there for me um you know at this point a, a website like reddit has everything you could possibly need the front page this is, is reddit i do not under, uh, I, I might be too old for reddit i barely understand it i it took for me forever to get into it because it looks like a piece of garbage you open up reddit and it's just like a terrible looking website. And, and I was impossible. like, ah, I can't even, it makes my eyes hurt just looking at it. The thing is, it's, it is where everything like, originates. Yeah. I don't uh, like, I love Seinfeld, right? So I knew Seinfeld did a chat on Reddit. Yeah. The AMA. Yes. Yes. Whatever that is. Ask, ask me anything. Okay. Those are, those are cool though, because you do get, Right, but I went on it because I wanted to see some. There were like 50,000 uh, responses. How am I supposed to read that? Uh, Can't it, somebody go through it and give me the best of? Uh, I mean, that's usually what I try to do. I'll yeah. come to Barstool Sports. <laughs> it's uh, it's a weird website. It's hard to navigate. But, you know, if you do, if you kind of understand it. I mean, if you just go to the front page, it's just like, here's the video that's going viral. Here's the story that everyone's talking about. 
you can sift through that kind of stuff. But at this point, it's more just me searching for a co- like a you know a, a story, searching for content, blogging it back to the search. Like it's not that I, I wouldn't really ever sit around and be like, let me scroll through and see what Deadspin has written today. Other than if I think that they could provide me with like an article or a story to write, it's not just like I, I take a break to to read and shoot the shit. So are you more like like we always say here? We well at least in the morning, and maybe it's because of the time we're on. We're not. We don't break news here. We react to it. Right. That's. I mean. So is that what you're doing? Yeah. Ninety nine point nine percent of the time, we're reacting. It's, right. And that's what's funny too is people will be like, "I heard that on Boomer and Carton this morning. I saw right. that in the post. You, <laughs> right. You got that from Reddit. I'm like, yeah, yes. I know, dude. My whole thing, you know, usually we we take an excerpt and we put a little paragraph of the original article, and then I write my reaction. Like, hopefully, what people are coming for is to hear my commentary on stories that have already broken. Right. Uh, you know, I I. I don't understand people who can't wrap their head around that. Like, I'm not claiming to this to be an original piece. I'm actually linking to the original source. Right. So I, I don't. Or they'll get say that was on uh, Deadspin. I was like, yes, and, and and they got it from somewhere, and that was somewhere. It's everywhere. Right. Right. Like, I, I'm all for crediting sources, but if it's everywhere. 100%. You can't really do it. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. It's Al's Boring Podcast with Al Dukes. So you're writing all day long. You're the only guy. Yep. For the most part. I'm a Mets-Jets fan, so like I have a guy who will chime in on the Giants and the Yankees just because I can't write from that point of view, you know? So, but, but for the yeah, for the most part, it's just me. So right now, as you're sitting here, are you worried that you're missing stories? Uh, I've gotten to the point where I we've written. I mean, I've probably written like ten thousand, twelve thousand blogs at this point. I've covered you know breaking news. I've covered big stories. I, I'm at the point where it's like, eh, if I miss one on a Friday talking to Al right. Dukes, whatever. Um, but it is a, it's hard to take off because the whole reason this works is because people want to hear specifically from. Our personalities, from me, from El Prez in Boston, from Big Cat in Chicago. If people don't have the interest in hearing your reaction, well, they're never going to come. So, you know, on on a Sunday when I'd rather just like be at the bar drinking or sitting around doing nothing watching the Jets, and and there's a butt fumble, I got to be on the computer putting that up because people are if they don't want to hear about me, uh, my reaction to that, I'm in trouble. You know, so at this point, I'm not too worried about it, but I do like to try to keep on top of it. And you don't have an office, so you're at home doing this. All day, baby. Is that, I, I've always felt like that was my dream job. Oh. But I also feel like if I had a job like that, like this is, uh, coming to FAN is the only thing that gets me out of my house. Yeah, I don't ever leave. I really barely leave the house. Yeah. I mean, you, you, you're a pretty like, active, in shape dude, right? You go to the gym. And I'll stuff. go to the gym, but I'll go like right from here. But right. I always thought about that, too, because I was like, oh, maybe I should just get a bench and a bike in my oh, man. house. But I, then I, I'm like, I will never leave on I, the weekend. I've thought about that all the time. Like, let me just get a treadmill right yes. next to me, and I'll run in between right, blogs. Right, while I'm blogging. I mean, I'm never, ever, ever going to do that because I'm the laziest guy in the world. But it for someone like you, it really, would really work well. I, I don't ever get, like, stir-crazy. I don't ever get the itch to be like, I just need some fresh air. I just need yeah. to get—I People give me trouble all the time. Why don't you go outside? Outside is so overrated. Who cares about the outside? You think you're better than me because you're just standing outside and I'm inside? Get out of my face with that. Yeah, I love a bad weather day because then you, oh, you, know, you don't, feel don't bad have about anything. It. Oh, I didn't do anything. I, I, I mean, I love it. I, I, I wake up, I blog in my underwear for like an hour or two, then I hop in the shower, maybe eat some lunch. We, we, do, we film a show at, like in the afternoon. I finish up blogging, pop the TV back on. Just repeat, dude. 
I, you know, the and only time I go out is like, you know, go out to dinner with the wife or go to the bar or something like that. Right now, being a married man, do you, you're always working kind of at home. Does she get annoyed by that? Oh, yeah. She gets annoyed by all of it. She hates it. Does she have a job herself? <laughs> yes, she does. Like an office type job? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, so she's, she's, she's going nine shot. to five. She's a big shot, too. So she's like real work and like hard work and stuff. And I'm like, today, uh, like there wasn't a lot of breaking news for me to blog about. And she's just like, shut the F up. <laughs> so does she um, get annoyed that you don't have a real job in her eyes ever? Uh, I don't think it's that strictly because like the, the salary is good enough and like it's the pay is real enough. So that's okay. So m- I think she just hates that. I'm like a man child who's yeah. like still, you know, talking about hot chicks and like farts on. Yeah. The that's internet. the weird thing about like even working here there. It's not like an adult job. You know, you wear a t-shirt, right. jeans. Right. And kind of, yeah. uh, she she always takes jabs at me that like I sleep in later than her, and I'm like I don't have a commute, so you know that hour you spend commuting, I am gonna spend in bed. I don't expect me to wake up and just sit there right, awake commute. because you're commuting. I'm gonna enjoy that extra hour. So she always takes jabs about the commute, um, but you know, I mean, it's uh, is she jealous about uh, girl related items on barstool? Because there's a lot of you have a very young college yeah. crowd. Yes. And girls send photos in. Where do you get these smoke show photos? Yeah, the smoke shows are they? Are, people nominate them. They just say like, "Hey, check out this hot chick." Does that come up ever her. in conversation oh, with the wife? Oh yes, it does. Oh, right? Yes. Oh yes. So oh, how does that? Up. Right. I mean, I I eventually had to outsource that to another kid. Like I, really? fa- I found a college kid to pass the torch because I mean, listen, when you're when you're if you're single and you're working for Barstool, it's a beautiful thing, beautiful thing. If you're in a relationship at Barstool. It's a freaking nightmare. But I always try to wonder, like, what was Howard Stern's discussion with his wife and or in current I mean, wife and past wife? Because they he he had to have had the conversation where it's like, this is never going to come up at home. I'm done with this having the same argument over and over again. I would imagine that discussion comes along with his paycheck right. and being like, here, uh, let me look at look at this salary and then let's see if you're going to be upset about it. I, I, it's weird for us because. I mean, I don't want to say, like, you know, we have, like, fame or whatever, but, like, people recognize us. We have a pretty big following. You know, if you say something, people jump all over you for it. They want to look at your pictures. They want to know who you're dating. They, all that stuff. But there's really, we don't have the the money to go along with that to make it be like, well, it's all worth it. You know what I mean? Right. So it's really not worth it. And it's <laughs> certainly not worth it for her. She's like, what the, what is this about? Right. So uh, she's a champ. She puts up with a lot of it. Obviously, it's more like tolerating then like i am and i i'm happy about this now now you also do uh get togethers where you meet up at a bar right mm-hmm. where yep. people go to the bar yep now that now the now the girls are live in person oh man you know what the guy the girls the guys are the worst well first of all it's 90 percent dudes yeah right? well it's it's not as bad as you think it's obviously majority dudes. this place is fan is like 90 percent. yeah dudes. yeah i mean we it's more than you think. It's obviously majority men, but there's there's a there's a good any chick who has just like a good sense of humor and isn't like a feminist weirdo is gonna like it. Uh, the guys though, I appreciate anybody who wants to come up to me, say hello, take a picture, do a shot, right. whatever it may be. Like a local celebrity, I'll take it. You know, uh, I'll, I'm absolutely flattered by that. They will like barrel through my wife though, or just like yeah. turn their back completely. Or so she goes the to worst. these events, dude. When you when she when they just hand her the iPhone to take the picture, like oh yeah, that's awesome. I, so one of these days, like she, a hot chick she, hands your wife a cell phone and says, "Take a photo of me with your husband." Dude, one of these days, she's just gonna <laughs> spike the iPhone on the ground. Um, you know, again, she's a champ and puts up with it. It's it's always like I'm always like, dude. 
but not, you, you not now. My wife's here. Go away. You met her when you when you were working at Barstool already. I met her in that like phase where I was still an accountant and yeah. working for Barstool. It was funny. She went to um, Holy Cross, which is up in you know the Massachusetts area. And well, so usually, usually, and you know, well, that's what I thought. Usually, anybody up there knows it. Yeah. So I'm talking to her at the bar. I'm like, you know, I'm, you know, girl, what's up? I write for Barstool, and she's like, I don't even know what that is. Yeah. I'm like, you're lying. You went to Holy Cross. You know what it is? She's like, dude, I'm sorry. I don't know who you are. I don't care about your blog, like whatever. Right. So that's actually why I think things worked out because it wasn't like you know groupie status or anything right. like that. But uh, it's it's interesting trying to balance the both. I'm in uncharted territory because my boss is married as well, but he created this, and they have. So he has more cash. Him and his, yeah, exactly. And they have, uh, I think, more of, like you said, like a Howard Stern agreement. Me, on the other hand, I'm just stumbling my way through it, constantly in the doghouse. Right. Constantly putting up something like, oh, I'm going to get in trouble for this, but I got to do it. So the, the other thing you do, you're you're writing stories for Barstool all day long, and mm-hmm. then you're also on Twitter all day long. All day long. Oh, I'm, a, I'm addicted. I hate it. And I've got I a great I... question for you. That can, I looked, you follow... 1,144 people on Twitter. That's who you follow. Yes. Which I find impossible because with me, unless you use Twitter a different way, for me, I'm a completist with Twitter. If I'm following you, I'm not going to miss a post. In other words, like almost OCD-ish where Mm -hmm. when I get out of here, when we're done here, I'm like, what did I miss on Twitter? So how many do you So I've got like, I'm at about 100. Okay. I used to do that as well, especially because I used to use it for like breaking news and content and stuff and I I didn't want to get all cluttered up. I I have this podcast that I do, and we have uh, we put out a weekly podcast, and then we have like a premium subscription where it's like I'll give you an extra one, and you get a couple of extra privileges. I also said anybody who signs up for the premium, I'll follow. So uh, that's why I follow that many people because they'll send me like a little screenshot, like look, I I I, I signed so, up, so I follow them. But what I do is I have uh, Hootsuite, it's yeah, like, and I just. I have like a list of people that I follow that I'm interested in, and then I have all the you know, all the other ones. I do that on the Facebook. riffraff, the commoners, yeah, the common folk, yeah, uh, yeah. And then is there a fine line between tweeting too much and not tweeting enough? I always wonder that too, because oh, sometimes yeah. I I have things I'm going to tweet, and I'm and I think I don't want to annoy people with yeah. Also, but you tweet a lot. I, I tweet a lot. I think I have a little bit. It's if you if you are not working in a position where you're like putting out opinions for your job. You need to like chill, I think, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I think I over tweet, but it's like, I, this is kind of like a second blog in a way, you know? Yeah. The other weird thing with it is, like I said, I, I feel like I'm a completist with, I have to read everything. So I only follow a hundred people. That clearly is not the way most people use Twitter because I'll tweet stuff uh, either from the Boomer and Carton account or my account. And, you know, 15 minutes later, someone will ask for it. And it's like, well, it's oh, I, I just that, tweeted dude. it. And then I follow, so Manish Mehta, <sighs> he tweets the same thing multiple times a day. Opie yeah. from, uh, formerly of Opie and Anthony and now of uh, Opie and Jim, he tweets the same stuff. Yep. And I'm wondering, should I be doing that? Well, or I would be annoyed by that as a, as a reader. But then I look, they've got 90 times more followers than me. So maybe they're doing it right. We, we do that from... I don't think that's good for followers. I think that's good for getting your blog, your radio show, whatever content you're producing. Yes. Like we have just a, a handle at Barstool Sports and that will tweet, retweet links that like have already been tweeted out because it's just like you may not, you may were, you, you, were, you were at work when that got tweeted out. You didn't see it, but right. now you're home at 8, 8 p.m. You'd see it this time. It's annoying. I wouldn't do it as if I were you like as a normal person. Yeah. But uh, if, you, if you're trying to push like a blog or a website or, or, or content. Like even like, thi- like this podcast. 
I'm, I'll tweet this out, but I feel like I'll tweet this out twice and I'll be done with it. We're really... You probably should, yeah. Manish will tweet out his Daily well, News article 900 just, times. Let's just no, but not even talk about Yeah, but he Manish might be doing Mehta. it right. Maybe he's doing that right. He doesn't do anything right. That well, guy sucks. But we know who he is. I know, you're right. He does. I, I, I take that back. He's doing exactly what he should be right, doing know, in, in his I don't mind. know any other Jet reporter off the top of my head. Agreed. I can tell I think you, it's, I think it's more notoriety than, you know, I think it's more bad than good, but whatever. You're right. We're talking about him. Do you have famous people following you on Twitter? Uh, we like, f- do you get excited when you get someone with a blue check mark? Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, yeah, athletes, you have athletes. Yeah, uh, we're big in the NHL. We got a lot of hockey guys, which is funny because I don't know a damn thing about hockey. Right, I probably pretend to. I'm on the Isles bandwagon, um, but you know, so these guys follow us, and they're like, I mean, I think I could ask like a bunch of guys to come on the podcast or whatever. And I'm right, like, I just don't even know what to say to you, dude. I don't know anything about hockey. Right, <laughs> so but yeah, hockey's big. Um, you know, like I think Gronk is a big fan of Barstool. He doesn't follow me personally, but he's like, you know, we've done a couple of videos with him. You know, a couple, a lot of the Boston athletes are, are fans of it. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's different in New York because obviously a lot of the website, uh, a lot of the teams are very like buttoned up and right. you know, PR and all that kind of crap. So you have but, you have for yourself about ninety thousand to a hundred thousand followers. You so, know, I gotta come clean. A big chunk are fake. After a, f- I shouldn't even bring this up. Yeah, whatever. bring that up. I'm curious. I. I had a little spat with our boy, Incarcerated Bob. Yes. You know him, right? I do. You know how um, a lot of people accuse him of having fake followers? Yes. So me and him kind of were going at it, and I dropped that on him. I was like, yeah, you got fake followers. The next day, by some chance, I get like fifteen or 20,000 new followers. Nice. That's a solid day right there. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean. You're like, I must have written a tremendous <laughs> blog or had a great take on Twitter. Exactly. <laughs> Got retweeted. I mean, I'm not going to say who did it or whatever. It just seemed a little coincidental. So, a chunk of those are uh, unfortunately Bones. fake. But, yeah, I mean, at this point, it's probably like, for real, like 75,000, which is still. A, and how much are you interacting with people who write directly to you on Twitter at, at mentions? I, I very, very few. I mean, very few. What about uh, hot, you know what? I, I mean, hot, hot, chicks. hot chicks for sure. They always get a response. I, I have a few that I I notice are are funny, and right. then I'm like, all right, you know, you're kind of like worth having a conversation. A couple with. people cut through the clutter. Yes, exactly. For the most part, it's just. I mean, there's so many people just. Does the wife look at those interactions, Twitter interactions, uh, and say, "Who's uh, sometimes. this Danielle chick or yeah, whatever?" It's never good when she does. Never. It's, good. You know what it is? It's like I'll. Uh, We'll get in a fight about something else, and then she'll like go on my Twitter, right. or or then she'll go listen to the most recent podcast. It's just like she never. She usually it's like out of sight, out of mind. But if she wants a little ammo, she knows exactly where to go. Now let's talk about you. Also sell T-shirts. Mm-hmm. Now does that go through your barstool guy in uh, Boston, or do you control New York T-shirts? Uh, it used to be um, at the point where we, you know, we we'd have to pay for to create them. So we'd only I'd have to run an idea by him. Or kind of be like, is this a good enough joke or a good enough design to? to and is is part of your money, your salary come from the uh, t-shirt sales? So if you sell a t-shirt that sells a lot of t-shirts, do you you personally can can do good with that? Or does that go it, to your barstool fellow? It, it goes north? to the to the to the head honcho. It's oh. it's more like hopefully that you guy's know rolling it. Yeah, I mean, don't get me started on that. <laughs> it's it's more like you know if we do well and obviously the site's growing and making more money, hopefully it all comes back in the form of salaries and stuff like that. So you made a, a an NYPD T-shirt for the two for uh, to give to the money to the families of the two cops who were killed yep. execution style, mm-hmm. and you raised over a hundred thousand dollars. Hundred and four was the final count. Which makes me think that your Mike Francesa shirt 
<laughs> generated $100,000. Is that possible? Am no, I no, doing no, the no. math wrong? No, we, we sold a lot of those NYPD shirts. Yeah. I mean, I know I know you probably seen have seen a lot of the number one shirts all over the Francesca yes. shirts. But, I mean, we had people from who didn't even know about Barstool from they all over like, the country. They were like, I'm in and yeah. buying multiple shirts. Exactly. So, I mean, we, we sold thousands of those Um we I don't think we've ever sold as many shirts. We've done we've done charities a couple times. We did it for the marathon bombing. We gave uh, I think we made like two hundred and fifty, and we gave it to um, one of the guys who who lost his leg. Uh, a couple firefighters in Boston in the Back Bay fire died last year, and we we did it again. And then for this one, so uh, anytime we've done the charity shirt, uh, we've sold people respond. Way. I mean, it's crazy. Uh, our fans are loyal sometimes to a fault and sometimes you know to our incredible benefit in this case so they they give us a hard time they bust balls they're all over us always you know always talking crap but they when when the chips are down they 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 arrive so all right so walk me through this so mike says on the air uh i forget exactly what his quote was where he said uh you know if you want to compare me against other guys i got my resume it was a resume longevity it was four of them. Yeah, the Mink Man was last. Yeah, it was. But it was like Mike was like, you want to compare careers, yeah. these are the four things. So you hear that and you think, this would be a great t-shirt. That, I would, it, the, the Mike shirts in general, I, uh, I, I actually, a, a kid wore um, the shirt with his face on it. He just made his own. He wore it at Bar A. And I saw that and I was like, that's a great shirt. We got to sell that. And I sent it to my, my t-shirt guy in Cincinnati who prints it up. And he was like, what? What is this? Like, we're going to just put a, you know, a 60-year-old sportscaster on a shirt and people are going to buy it? I was like, just trust me, dude. <laughs> so that went crazy. So then this time he he, he drops that, that line about resumes and paychecks and the McMahon. And I was like, I want to I wanna sell this. Right. It would be hilarious. I don't know if people will really buy it because it's weird. And if, if you don't, it's completely out of context. If you don't know what it is, you're just like, what is that shirt? We did it anyway. I was actually texting with Monzo. And he was like, dude, put that on a shirt. But again, it's like, are we joking? Or are we not joking? And I was right. like, F it. Let's just try it. So how quickly can you turn that around? Mike says that it comes out of your speaker in your house, where you, which you haven't left because you're working from home. <laughs> he says, Mink Man, my resumes, longevity. I mean, that, we, had that, you, we had that up in like an hour. hour. I mean, how? I, so, it, so you you have a guy in Cincinnati. You go, hey, here's here's my idea. Here's the thing. Something simple like that where it's just words. There's and, no artwork. And then, we had up like an and hour then, and a half. And when is your window to sell that shirt? Now, are you selling it within a couple days and you see a week later it dwindles? Or, or how does that work for you? Uh, something like that, which is very specific to like an event. Um, probably like, you should probably see like a month. You know, and then what's good is like the holidays roll around. It's yeah. like, hey, get your Francesca fan uh, right. this shirt. So that we'll we'll see like resurgence in it. Or Mike says you know something else ridiculous, and then I blog about it. And I'm like, by the way, here you go. So we kind of always find a way. to And how many can there. you sell of that? Like a Mike shirt, like the number one. Where, number one when where he, when, he, it's like a South Park character. Yeah, caricature of him with the with his headphones on and stethoscope headphones. Yeah, things are ridiculous. Um, that probably sold, I mean, I know we probably hit like a thousand of those. And then you, you made one for Odell Beckham's catch. Yeah. That where was you, incredible. where you now, and in all these, you, you can't do trademarks and, and that sort of thing. So mm. with the, the Odell Beckham <laughs> one, you take like sort of an outline of yeah. what he looked like making that catch we, and make that a shirt. Did you ever hear from teams or anything? Yeah. Like, does Mike call you and say, shut down these shirts? I, I wasn't sure what was going to no, happen. No, Mike likes those. I yeah. Think. He, he, thankfully he did. Yes. And if, if that, if he wanted to shut that down, I'd obviously have, no but any of the teams, like you have a Knicks one that says losers or something, right? Yeah. This but team it looks like drink. Yeah. He but looks, it looks like the Nick logo. But it's not the Nick logo. Like, how does that work? We it doesn't work. It we doesn't. should we should be getting like cease and desist. Yeah. Every now and then we will. It, it depends on the league. Major League Baseball, 
they're the worst. They don't let anything on YouTube. They don't yeah. want anybody. I mean, they're just like stuck in the, in the in the in the Stone Age. Uh, we we tried to sell a Tanaka Time shirt, and it said Tanaka you can't say on the it. Word, yeah. Out. Um, but at the same time, we have one that says "I'm Keith Hernandez," and it's the yes, famous I saw, picture yes. where he's smoking the cigarette. I mean, it's yes. literally a, a, it's Keith a graphic of him printed, and it says "I'm Keith Hernandez." Ne- no nothing problem. about that. I mean, I guess maybe he's retired. I don't know the rules on that. We're more of a like ask for forgiveness than ask for permission sort of thing. Um, the guy at the Seven Line even he'll joke with me. He's like, I don't. He's like, I have to go through like so many hoops to get these shirts out. How do you do it? I'm like, we just do it. And if it backfires on us, we'll just deal with the repercussions. And now he has an MLB license, so everything he's got to run everything by people. Right. That's got to be the worst. Yeah. God bless him. This is going to be a lot of no's. But yeah, we we just make whatever and hope for the best. Um, you know, yeah, we'll try to like fudge the, the, the logo or the whatever. But sometimes it's just like, man, let's do it and see what happens. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. It's Al's Boring Podcast. What are the various podcasts you have now? Uh, we have two. Um, one is called Mail Time, which is like a true normal podcast. Me and my brother who produces it, he kind of plays co-host as well. He wears many hats. Um. That's kind of just like for the cube monkeys at work trying to get through their day. Just something. That, see, that's what I, like. I've never had uh, an office job like that. Mm-hmm. I've been, I'm lucky, but I don't. I'm trying to. I'm wondering, like, how are people listening to this while you're at work? Ironically, so I call it the laziest hour of your day. That's like the tagline. It's like when you're eating lunch. In my head, it was like when you're eating lunch, when you're commuting, when you're just like it's four o'clock to five o'clock. I'm shutting it down. I get a lot of tweets from people being like, ironically, I get most of my work done when I'm listening to mail time or they're like, I was at the gym and I ran an extra like mile on the treadmill because I was listening. Yes. Like, well, I did not intend for that at all. I right. thought that was a total opposite. Uh, but people, you know, it's also, I'm sure they're not listening intently on every word. They just kind of pop the headphones in and they're doing their Excel That's spreadsheet. That's a weekly thing. Yeah. Every, uh, it comes out every, uh, Tuesday at midnight. So Tuesday into Wednesday, uh, we just talk about current events, funny stories, you know, whatever. That's a whole like variety hour. Then we have one called uh, KFC radio, which is a uh, three-way like Skype session that I do with the, the guy from uh, Chicago and one of the guys from Boston where we listen to uh, voicemails that our listeners leave on, on like a Google voice box. Right. And how many do you get of those? People are into that? Um, we probably get a couple hundred a week, and we narrow it down to like 10 good ones because most of them are just like, eh, go Terrible. F yourself. Right. Yeah, you y- your mother should have had an abortion, like all these stupid things. Classy things. Yeah. So we we whittle it down. It's a lot of like hypothetical talk. Would you rather this? Would you rather that? You know, put it, put, uh, put yourself in this scenario. What would you do? Uh, so that's a complete toss up and ridiculously weird and very embarrassing. And I'm sure my parents are very proud of me for it, but it's a lot of fun. So that one comes out Wednesday at midnight into Thursday morning. So and how many people do you think you have listening to that or downloading it? Or, um, what's like, what's a good week for you? Or what's an average week? Give me an average. Like, uh, I, I, I'd say that people, it's more like a, like a, a month long thing is how I judge it. So the, f- the first week a podcast comes out, you're going to get the majority of your downloads. And then throughout the next few weeks, they'll trickle in. And then at that point, it's pretty much buried. You know, you'll get some here and there, but it's like that's finished with his downloads. Right now, I would say mail time probably does like fifty to seventy thousand. That's a lot. Um, you know, on a good week or a guest or something spikes. We did, we did a you know that podcast serial. 
Yes. We did our own recap podcast of that podcast. That did like over 100 because people are just going crazy for it. Uh, the KFC radio is a little bit smaller just because we, we, we have a YouTube that people watch that kind of like eats up some of those downloads as well. Um, that's probably more like, I don't know, 30, 40. But uh, it's it's also more like our downloads, our, the people listening are very like loyal and yes, very they're into it. So it's, I would rather have that than, you know, a million that are kind of just sure. like off the, off the cuff. You're not really paying attention. You're not really listening to advertisements or following up, you know, stuff like that. So, and in, in all that, you, you do a lot of writing every day yeah. for both Twitter and, and for the blog. And it just seems like, I, I wonder for you, is it different or do you worry about this as well? Like radio stations now we're, we're owned by CBS. You right. really, uh, newspapers, uh, people even on Twitter that, that they lose their jobs based on, you know, a joke that maybe is mm-hmm. an off-color joke or something s- sounds racist or sexist. Or, uh, I wonder, like, do you, do you police yourself with that? Does your guy Portnoy police you, or do you guys just kind of, like, we'll roll the dice and we'll probably not get in trouble? Like, how does that work? Uh, the very first week, he my boss like edited like we would save a draft and he would read through it and not only not just for like um controversial stuff just like tighten it up or make this shorter this joke would be funnier or whatever after that i think just out of laziness he was kind of like i ah, do whatever yeah, you you're want. good i mean we're, we're it's pretty much a free-for-all you know there are certain lines we don't like to cross i i just particularly find racial jokes hilarious everyone so everyone jokes that i'm like the racist at barstool i just think racist jokes are hilarious i'm not a racist guy but whatever um you know, there's a fine line there, which, you know, we're not throwing out any, like, offensive slurs. You know, it's it's more just, if you, we're, we're a satire website. We're obviously joking. If you if you have a sense of humor, you can tell that, you know, there's no malicious intent. But obviously a lot of people are uptight, a lot of feminist causes and stuff like that. People get upset about it. In a way, though, as long as it's not too far, we it, we kind of benefit from it. Right. Get you in the, in the newspapers. We're in some hot water right now with... Uh, you know, the, I don't even I don't even like saying their name because they scare the hell out of me. You know the hacker group Anonymous. They're we're like in their crosshairs right now, and that's kind of terrifying. Barstool Sports is. Yeah, we. My boss wrote a particularly inflammatory post on the protesters up in Boston. I know you're uh, you got strong feelings about the protesters as well. No, are you? Are, I'm not are, a big protest guy for anything. <laughs> yeah. I just, well, I might just be lazy. Uh, well, <laughs> he's lazy. I'm lazy. Uh, I I'm with you on that. My boss took a particularly aggressive route with them. And, uh, you know, that we're, we're seeing some backlash from that. So every now and then we'll go too far, you know. And adver- but backlash in what way? Like if, if a broadcast network does something, they go after the advertisers. Yeah. Sometimes we'll have advertisers pull out. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's not – most of the people who advertise with us kind of get it. They know what the deal is. As we're getting bigger and we're getting more, like, generic corporate sponsorships who they're just like, right, right, that's we got to pull out. We gotta- yeah, how does that work for you if you've got to then answer to – Corporate, more corporate sponsors, or more people, that, more, more kind of family-friendly sponsors, where people would say, you know, I always find it funny. Like on YouTube, I'm sure, I'm sure when people advertise on YouTube, they don't know what videos they're advertising on. Right. So sometimes they're on these, you know, at the beginning of a rap video that might be the most horrendous <laughs> thing, and I'm like, does the, you know, does this sandwich company really know they're tied into this? Yeah. Well, two things. First of all, I think if you're 
I think if you get involved with Barstool, you kind of know what's going on. I guess what you're saying, when you don't even know where your advertisements are going, when you're on that level. No, I'm saying like story. people that might think, oh, yes, Barstool's got a, uh, they got a lot of unique uh, visitors. Every yeah. other Let's get in on that. And it's like, oh, wait, this wait guy a did a, a, a joke that's an off-color joke. Right. What um, are we doing? I mean, I can, I can guarantee you, knowing my boss, that we'll never change our content for advertising. We'll, we'll just lose advertisers and try to find ones that are cool with off-color stuff before we ever fully sell out. I'm like, bro, we've already proved ourselves. <laughs> like, we're already the edgy guys. We're already cracking jokes. Let's just sell out and make that money. But I appreciate that he, he's sticking to his guns on everything. Um, and usually, you know, we'll lose some advertisers over, over you know, a bump in the road. And then things just kind of dissipate and, you know, we, hopefully we replace them or they come back or whatever it may be. So, it, you know, you pay the price sometimes, but I think maintaining, you know, staying true to what we usually do goes a long way with our readers. So it's kind of worth it still, you know? Yeah. And you hope to have this job forever? Oh, man. I don't even know. <sighs> like, if you had to go to an office job now, like, you you, oh, I, that, that, that you mean, were annoyed at the commute to come here because yeah. you had to leave your house and <laughs> come to a place. Honestly, I'm like Brooks in Shawshank Redemption. You know that movie? You know, yes. the old guy who gets out and he just can't, he's like, no, nope, can't do it. He's so institutionalized. He wants to be back in prison. I don't think I can ever go back. I mean, I don't know how you do it. I mean, you get up at 2 a.m., whatever. O'clock, that's, yeah. I mean, that's insanity. I'm like 8.30. <laughs> yeah, get like a whole night's sleep after you, Al. I can tell when you show up on Twitter; it's always like <laughs> near toward, towards nears the ends of the show, you know, not in the beginning. And what oh, about what? this whole thing? With uh, to me, I've noticed this social media. By Friday at noon, forget it. Nothing's happening. No one's on Twitter. No one's. On, I'm like, what are Al? That why that that was, you're at your same job Friday that you're on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. <laughs> that was Al's boring tweets coming to life. Right yes. There. So what's with this social media at because noon on Fridays? I will have sometimes, and this is probably pathetic. I'll be like, oh, I have a good tweet in my head. I'm like, I'm not. I'm not going to do it at 6 a.m. when got, I'm here. You got to useless. It for, save it for prime because time, man. people. All pe- I'm still convinced everyone's following too many people. They're only scrolling for about, you know, 15, not even, no, five minutes. Then they're done. Then they'll pick it up again. And uh, I'm not going to waste a good tweet on a Friday at four. No one's seeing it. Yeah, man. It's, it's Friday afternoon. Everyone shuts it down. They go to happy hour early. They hit the, they hit the road for a weekend trip, whatever. Uh, yeah. And this was the other weird thing. Uh, there was a little while when Twitter was emailing Twitter statistics. Where they'd be like, oh, this post, congratulations on this post. And be like, this was your most read post of the week. And it'd be like 5,000 people. I'm like, what are you talking about? How is that only 5,000 people read this? What am I even wasting my time for? You're an, you're an addict. You're addicted. Yes. Yeah. I mean, so am I. I, I. I say that I have to do it for work, but I'm just an addict. Yeah. My wife, just you know, every, everyone in my life hates it. I'm like out in a social setting with real humans in front of me, and my head's just buried in my phone. I'm just a loser. Well, I think we're done now. All right. We're at our 45-minute limit. I hope you tweet this to your fake followers. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Bob. Oh, excuse me. Bob is just killing me with those fake followers. Yeah, so, um, yes, you have a nice, addictive audience. and um, we got, We'll try to uh, get that over to your side. Of yeah, Warren you were podcast. really nice to put out my first uh, podcast that I did with Evan. And, of course, the iTunes link didn't work. I, I mean, know. They j- just, iTunes is they the worst. Stink iTunes. I- I'm going to blog this, though. I'm going to put it up on the actual Oh, blog. Site. I like yeah. that. So we'll get you some exposure. Tomorrow. Okay, and we'll see you. Oh, this is going to be posted at some point. I'm not sure when. Oh, great. It's a real official operation here. <laughs> you, fit, you fit right in with us. Now <laughs> you have another commute back to wherever you call home. Brooklyn? Hoboken. Hoboken. Yeah. Oh, wow. You took the path? 
I took the ferry oh, the over ferry. and down. I yeah. would not have any idea how to do that. Yeah, I mean, I screwed it up. I looked. Why not pilot. go go to Christopher Street? I'm, I, I think I'm going to do that on the way back. Yeah. Here. You didn't buy a round trip. Uh... Oh, shoot, I did. No, I'm doing the ferry. Yeah, round trip <laughs> ferry. Interesting stuff, right? Yes. <laughs> Thank you for coming by. Absolutely, man. Okay, see you, everybody.